Now, in my experience, growth usually comes from a source of pain or discomfort, which pushes you to try something new or interrupt an old behavior simply because you come to realize that the pain of remaining the same, of remaining who you are and where you are, is far greater than the discomfort it's going to take for you to change and try something new. My intention for this show is to inspire growth within you. So if you want to familiarize yourself with the journey many have taken to drastically change their lives, this is the place to be. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Girl With Moin podcast. I am your host, Moin Zafar, and today I have with me Mike C. Rock. Mike has been featured in Yahoo Finance as the top business leader to follow in 2020. He's the host of his podcast, the What Are You Made Of podcast. It is one of the top 100 podcasts out there. He's an executive manager at The Nation's Lending, which is a residential mortgage company. Other than that, he his passion is helping others, and he's spoken in front of thousands of people on a stage, um, teaching them how to grow their businesses. Mike, welcome to the show. Moin, thank you for having me, man. Glad to be here, fired up, ready to go, share with you and your audience, man. All right, let's do this, man. All right, so let's let's un- unpack this a little bit. So uh, let's talk about how you got into your business, um, your lending business. How did that all started? Why are you doing that? I've been in sales since 1998, and I was in in-home sales, going door-to-door, doing things like that as a young man, learning the sales game. And uh, I got into real estate back in 2004, and about a year into it, I uh, was a top-producing real estate agent from all my sales skills. And I, I just got tired of uh, touring houses with people and basically being a, a tour guide. So I talked to my friend, uh, Chris Short, who I was basically uh, using for all the clients' mortgage needs. And I said, hey, man, I want to do what you do. And he's like, nah, man, you, you don't need to be doing this, man, because I was just one of his top uh, realtors. So uh, I just pursued and persisted, and, and he let me eventually come on board. And I, I started working with his company back in 2006, and, uh, you know, after a short time being in the business, I just, you know, I, I got to continue to grow. I can't just stay put. I'm not that type of person. So we started wanting to like manage and start growing branches. And we did that. And uh, now we're at the point where we have six or seven branches now. We have, uh, you know, 40 employees and things are great. All right. Nice, man. So you were a great salesperson and you have that experience. So. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> So let's talk about the connection because you said you had someone who, who was working in an industry that you wanted to get into. How important is having that if you want to move a step ahead in your career? What, the sales skills or persistence? Persistence and having a connection. Uh, oh, connection. Yeah. 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 So I can tell you, you know, connections have been everything for me in my life and relationships. I've never, ever, ever had to fill out an application with a resume to be hired somewhere in my career. Right. And, uh, you know, just because of the relationships that I've developed with people and everywhere I worked has always been based on a relationship. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a big, huge, um, benefit, the relationship part to, to getting the job and getting opportunities in life. And once you're, you know, if you're self-employed as well, if you're an entrepreneur, relationships are everything. That's where your clients and customers and referral partners are going to come from. So no, definitely huge. Um, and, and it's been everything for me for sure. A hundred percent. So how would you say, like, what are, what's one way to develop like a good relationship with someone? Like, how do you do that? How do you go about that? So for me, you know, I think that the first step 
when, you know, especially networking and what have you, I got a pickup line I use. I, I use it with when I was dating back in the day too, before my wife, but, um, you know, I always say, you know, Hey man, everybody's got a story. What's your story? Mm. You know? And that's where, what are you made of came from? Kind of, it's like, what do you, what's your story, man? And then get people talking about themselves and mm. then you find out about them. But not only that people like talking about themselves. So they like you when you ask about them and if you're willing to listen. So that's, that's the key to starting a relationship with someone and then seeing what, what kind of value you can bring to them. Like, how can I help you? You know, what, what can I do to make your life better or easier? Or, you know, one thing more when I wake up in the morning, one of the things I always think about besides being thankful that I wake up is whose hero can I be today, one? And how can I be the most valuable person on the planet? How can I be the most valuable husband, the most valuable employer or whatever the you know position you're in? Father, mother, brother, sister, whatever. How can I be the most valuable and whose hero can I be? And I approach that and I think that first thing in the morning so that every decision from there goes towards my intention. Right. So like, how can you be the most valuable person and, and whose hero do you want to be today? So how do you, how do you go about answering those? So how do you become the most valuable person in a relationship? Is it like you mentioned earlier, listening to their stories first and see how you can help? Do more of everything than they do for you. Mm. So what, no matter what it is, give more, listen more, uh, be more empathetic be more understanding, be more, communicate better, um, take more responsibility, less blame, do everything better. So if you can, so I try to, here's the thing. I, I really approach my life whereas, okay, how can I be the hardest working person, putting out the most effort, accomplishing the most in everything that I do? Mm. How can I do that? And that's, so, so then when you have that intention, you set the intention, you make the decision. Then every decision that you make after that, every action, word that you speak, thought that you have should be going towards your intention of being the most valuable person, uh, you know, and being someone's hero. When I speak as someone's hero, man, it's like, how do you, how do you make people feel? Mm. Like, if you think about a hero in your life, like they save your life, um, they do a lot of things for you. They're more valuable to you than generally you are to them. That's kind of like what a hero is. So that's what I try to do and aim to do for people. And I love the way my heroes make me feel. Mm. So I just like to return that. So yeah, that's, that's how you do it, man. Right. And so it sounds like you're already in a place where you're asking these powerful questions and then that's leading you towards taking these empowered actions. But then how do you get to a place where you're in a position where you're asking yourself questions like these, like, how do I, how do I add more value? How do I become someone's hero? How do you get there? I've, you know, here's the thing. I grew up around a lot of broken people, a lot of broken mindsets. And for a time that I was broken, just being around people like that, I don't want to live my life like that. I don't want to be around that. So I try to help and build people that I can. And, um, so I think it stems from, from that in general and understanding that, okay, in order to not be like that and not be around people like that, I need to figure out a way to bring value to people and help people and build people and fix people. And so I, that's just, I mean, I think at, the, at, at my heart, naturally, I think, I feel like I'm a people builder. Mm. And so, you know, that's, I guess that's where it stems from. And I, you know, I don't, I'd, I've been made feel to feel bad by people before. And I don't, I don't want like that feeling. So why would I want to do that to other people? You know, so that's the way I view it. And so every decision I make, and you know, I try to stem from, helping and making people feel good. Not, not, not just like artificial feel good and do whatever, you know, if somebody's taking advantage of you situation, but people that I care about, 
Right. Um, and that's really powerful, man. Um, to to re- to put yourself in someone else's position and know like you felt bad, someone made you feel bad somewhere, and you don't want to someone else to experience that, especially when they're in your company. And I think that's uh, that's how you're in a way providing value to them as well. So so I come across a lot of people who have good ideas, even great ideas, and they want to start something, but as soon as I ask them to hey write it down, like start a plan. It's almost like the idea disappears because they don't really want it. Mm. <laughs> so, so, so is that one way to find out whether you want it or not, if you're actually willing to do the work? Yeah. I mean, what it really comes down to is if, if the outcome of it, of when it happens or accomplishing it really moves the needle for you. Right. Does it really excite you enough? Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, I learned a lot from my mentors and, and one of my mentors taught me that there's intentions and then there's counter intentions. Mm. And if your intentions are weaker than your counter intentions, mm. you're not going to accomplish your intentions because you're going to be more focused and more dedicated and committed to your counter intentions. For example, if I want to move to Florida, but my wife doesn't want to, and I want a happy marriage, right. my intention to move to Florida is not strong enough to overcome the counter intention of my wife not wanting to, and my intention of having a happy marriage. Right. Right. So if those people have an idea but they're not willing to write it down and be consistent in writing it down. It's just not exciting enough for them. Mm-hmm. Think about something, man. If you had an opportunity to uh, accomplish anything that you wanted to, if you found a genie lamp and, and, and you were able to rubber genie in the desert and the genie pops out and says, hey, you can have any wish you want, anything, mm-hmm. but you got to do this, but you can have anything you want. The thing that you guess generally is something that you're going to go through a lot for. And that's, that's how it's got to be. And that's how you got to approach your goals. And that's how you got to approach your targets to your goals is with an all out relentlessness to accomplish it because the, the end game is going to be so awesome that you just, you're willing to, to put it all to the side for That's why there's no other reason. Yeah. And I think it, this sort of ties into the narrative that we have uh, in the last couple of years where the generation now, they, they're used to getting things instantly. And so I think someone has an idea and they're like, oh, boom, this is going to be it, right? In a year or six months and I'm done. But they don't realize that there's a process and there's a timeline. So it takes longer. And maybe probably that's why it deters them. And so I want to ask the question, so how do you think, how important it is to ask for support, especially when you're taking on something new? Because it is also part of the older narrative and started trickling down in the next generation as well is that you got to do everything on your own and you'll be okay doing it on your own. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know of anything that's been really accomplished on your own. Like even individual sports players, like golfers, they have a team, they have a coach, they have a mental coach, sports psychologist, a trainer. Nobody does anything on their own. That's, that's very great. So, you know, in business, same thing. Like I can't, you know, you, you can only get so far. You hit a ceiling when you're by yourself. Mm. You know, you have to have somebody that can pick up the slack, take care of your weaknesses, uh, keep you organized. Whatever, you, whatever your weaknesses are, you need somebody there and you need a team to be able to build and scale and, and grow something great. So in business, sports, uh, families, families aren't done by one person, right? Yeah. Relationships have to have two people. Um, I, I don't really know anything great that comes from one person. Mm. Powerful. So it's, it's important to ask for support and 
you know, that's, that's how you become more efficient or maybe even get faster to where you want to be. All right. So, um, 100%. yeah. Um, let's talk about your, your company that you, that you run now. I hope I'm saying it correctly. It's the, um, it's the nation's lending company. It's a residential mortgage company. So what do you do there and how do you sort of, um, deploy all your values that you have into the company and how do you make sure that those values are being represented in there as well? So we have a four pillar structure to building a culture and culture is everything to us. Culture is our foundation. So when we first started this, uh, this group, we basically started with the culture and we laid the groundwork for the culture and what's expected in our culture. Uh, so first of all, the number one pillar is to basically have a big vision and make sure you share that with the people that are on your team make sure they understand it. And then also make sure you know what their goals are. Make sure it aligns with their goals. So that's number one. Number two is gratitude. We practice gratitude a lot. We look at thing, all the stuff that's around us and make sure that we understand how grateful we are for those things. So that what happens is when you do that and for each other, when you do that, everything that you have to complain about is gone. So that's the second thing. Number two or number three is unlimited income potential. Every person in our team has the opportunity to uh, bring revenue into the company and get rewarded for bringing that revenue into the company, even if they're not salespeople. What that's done is provide a revenue stream that we didn't have in the past as a company that helps pay for the, the salaries of those individuals, which we allows us to have more service, better service, and it also changes the financial situation of those people and their families because they have unlimited income potential. Mm-hmm. And number four, we have a situation where we have an accountability that runs throughout the team, not just the, from the leadership down. It's everybody holds each other accountable. And, you know, it, it basically that way the leader doesn't have to be there all the time for things to be upheld. Mm-hmm. And so those four things is really what we drive off of and focus on and amongst our team. And in doing that, then we have those, those four values that we look at and we make sure we refer back to them consistently. And then if there's any questions, if anybody gets off the rails, we just look back and make sure that everybody's on that on that, uh, that path. What was, uh, one of your biggest challenges in sort of, sort of deploying these tactics with the four pillars? What was the biggest challenge? A leader has to be willing to, for everybody to leave him and start over again. That's the biggest challenge leaders have because they're worried about what people think of them. Uh, when you're in a leadership position, it can be very lonely. Um, when you have to, basically hold people accountable. It's, it's not a comfortable situation. It can get awkward. It's just, so the biggest challenge at first was uh, doing that and then making it clear to everyone that, Hey, listen, I'm good on doing this my own and starting fresh and adding good quality people that are willing and have the great attitude. I'll do that before I will put up with anybody going against our culture. And so I think the accountability factor is probably usually the hardest thing for a lot of people, not only myself. Um, but once you do it enough, it's, it's, and you, you understand that, you know, holding people accountable and being a leader changes their life and, and is better for them. It's not just about the team and, and growing a company and making money. It's about making people better and building people. Once you realize that, it's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sounds like there's a level of, of personal development that, that sort of ties into your professional development as well. So you got to work on certain aspects of yourself. And so I want to go back a little bit like... Uh, let's say 10 or 15 years ago, you're probably a different person, not completely, but some aspects were different that you've improved on. So what were some of the triggers that made you want to improve those personal aspects of yourself and how did they tie into your business? Well, what happened, uh, I was at a different mortgage company with a group on a different platform and that company crumbled. 
And when that crumbled, I didn't have the confidence at that time to uh, really lay my, put my foot down and, and keep the company culture together because I didn't have confidence that I had the knowledge and the wherewithal to, to uh, start over. And so I didn't like that feeling. Again, I didn't, it's a situation where you find a feeling that you like or you don't like and you want more of it or less of whatever it is. I, I said to myself, that I'm not letting this happen again. So Moin, there's street smarts and there's book smarts, right? Mm-hmm. So I had street smarts. Now, I I did have a 4.0. If there's something that you really want to do and you don't have a conversation about it with someone who's actually done it, it's going to be a very difficult path. And that's something that I've learned through my experiences, you know, of writing a best-selling book, of starting and failing at a business, of starting this podcast and learning how to interview and be interviewed on other podcasts. And so... I want to tell you that I had help. I had a lot of help to get to where I am today. And I want to offer that back to you. Everything that I've learned through my experiences, hundreds of hours of personal development and having something in mind and actually going out and doing it, I want to offer that back to you. So if there's something that you really want to do and you think I can help you out with that, reach out to me and book this 30-minute call. It's absolutely free. There's no commitment and I'm not going to sell you anything here. All I'm doing is seeing if there's any way I can add as much value to your life as I can. So if you're interested in that, click that link and let's start talking about your dreams. I dropped out of college with a 4.0. So I had some book smarts, but not like I didn't continuously read and, and learn and get a coach and mentor. So I relied on my street smarts. Street smarts is your action. That's your hustle. You just go and you have some common sense in there and it takes you. I think that's where you always have to start because if you just have book smarts, when you have book smarts, you don't have uh, the action mm-hmm. factor. So, but when the problem is, is that when you have street smarts for a period of time, eventually you run out of things like knowledge and then you hit a ceiling. And that's where I was. I hit a ceiling about three years ago. I hit a ceiling and I'm like, man, I can't bust through what is going on here. So at that time, I'm like, you know what? I have insecurities and I think the only cure to insecurities is gaining knowledge in that area that you're insecure. That's the only way to cure insecurities. And it's the only reason for insecurities is lack of knowledge. So I said, you know what? I need to get knowledge. So I started reading like a maniac. I started writing. I started journaling. I started getting coaches and mentors. And that changed everything because now I have the action already. I have the common sense street smarts. Now I'm adding knowledge to it. And now you become unstoppable. That's powerful, man. I think um, it go, it works the other way too because you talk about this is the street part, smart person, the one who takes action, right? And there's a lot of people who are really good students. And sometimes you get so into learning that if you're not really taking actionable steps with that knowledge, it just becomes entertainment, right? So, so I love that aspect of, of working on the action part, the entrepreneurial yeah. part. Yeah. Moin, how many times have you been into a, you know, a webinar group or, or mentors or whatever, and you see the same people all the time, but you never hear any success stories from them and you don't see any advancement from them. Mm-hmm. And that's what they are. They're watchers. Yeah. So a street smart person is a doer. Uh, but then there's also watchers and the watchers can be very smart. They can have a lot, a lot of knowledge, but they're just watchers. They don't do it. Mm. And so that's the difference. And and you'll see that, like you said, it becomes entertainment to them yeah. and they're, they're learning all this stuff, but then they're not doing anything with it, which is, I think just as bad as, is is not doing anything at all and not knowing anything at all. Like there's no point to it. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's an element of fear that plays a role in there. Cause once you take action, there's an element of risk involved, you know, you might win, you might lose. Um, talk about dealing with that fear. How do you, how do you manage that? How do you, well, who cares? Who cares? 
Like, who cares really? I mean, to me, I don't even think about that because like, if I don't take action and do something, then guess what? I'm, I'm already failed. I already didn't get anything, what I wanted. Mm. So if I try and I don't get what I wanted, I got something because I learned something from it. I picked something up. I, uh, and then I could hit a home run. So the other thing, a lot of things, I, I notice a lot lead. I mentioned about leaders, but even with success, success is lonely. Mm. Um, because here's when you have a win and you have a success story and you share it with people, for the most part, people don't care. Yeah. And may, matter of fact, that some of them hate on you and they may say some things that are like, that, that try to discourage you because they're trying to justify why they haven't done what they've done. So success can be a lonely place, man. And uh, I think that's a reason why some people don't go there because they'd rather be in the herd. Psychologically, it's because when you're in a herd or around a group of people, you're safer. Your survival's not threatened. But when you come out of the pack and you're solo or, or it's even a smaller group, your survival is more threatened, even though success leads to abundance, which is counteractive to uh, uh, non-survival. So that's why, though. I, I, I feel that, though, sometimes. Like when I have some successes and wins, I, I try to celebrate – and tell people, but then they're not a part of that as the group or the team. And I find out, man, that's, that doesn't work. So instead of me not going after success, this is a little tip to your audience. Instead of not going after something or taking action, and because if you're worried about being on your own and being lonely, bring people with you. When I write my goals down, I write my goals down and I also put on there, bring my homies with me. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, my homies, homies my, my, my friends and all that, they got to they got to be doing their part, man. I mean, they got to be picking up the thing too, because then they fall out of being a homie, right? I'm not going to just bring slackers with along with me, but at the end of the day, I want to bring people with me where I go because I, it's lonely without them. Yeah. Like I, I've gone on trips before, I've had wins before, and when I'm by myself, it sucks. Yeah, and I think it's an important point that you touched upon here is the quality of the relationship that you have when you're when you're getting success, and um. I read this post recently by Dr. Mark Hyman, and he was talking about you can, how you can still be lonely even when you're surrounded by people, especially if they don't care about you, right? So the quality of your relationship is absolutely important, and yeah. that's powerful. Yeah, no, I remember as a kid, I mean, I grew up in a broken home, and I, I, mean, I was the only one with the same parents like together. And all the other kids, seven brothers, seven brothers and sisters, all had different parents. Uh, they had, we shared one parent. But I always felt alone. Even though I was around a lot of people, I felt alone a lot of times. And that stems from something there, like whether it was the quality of the relationship, the lack of uh, uh, connection. I, I don't know what it was, but I, I've, I felt that a lot when I was growing up. Um, speaking, of, speaking of children and all that and growing up, you wrote a children's book, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, thanks, Love man. It. <laughs> it's about uh, my experience of becoming a father. So I was still in undergraduate degree and I found out I was going to be a father. It's unplanned. And uh, I know I wasn't the only one who goes through that. So my intention was to write this book for so- someone else who's going through the exact same thing. Awesome. And, uh, yeah. What about the experience? Well, Moyne, hold on a second. I got to call you out on something. <laughs> Unplanned means that there was no, but plan means that, that there was something and something happened, right? So I don't know about unplanned because <laughs> you did something that, that had made that happen, right? I mean. That's true. That's I know true. what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man. So I just uh, thought it would be very powerful for people to read it. Wrote down some lessons watching my daughter grow up. Very powerful. I'll share one quick one here with you. It's sure. about persistency because it ties into your message as well. And it's about when she was learning how to walk, right? And a lot of kids, every, every kid learns how to walk. And I noticed that she would try it day after day, you know, 
And uh, she would fall down, she would get up, she would cry, she would get frustrated, but she kept getting back up. And I realized at a certain point, I was like, I never taught her to get back up. She was born with that spirit. And so I'm born with that too. And so does everybody else. And so why do we give up so easily now when we're pursuing certain projects? Love it. I love it. I love it. It's so true. You know, I think because we're conditioned, but you know, one of my main dominating rules, the rocket fuel rule basically talks about to turn all setbacks, letdowns, negativity, difficulties into rocket fuel for your future. Because when we have a goal or target, the only thing that stops us from our goal or target, right, is the letdowns. It's the negativity. It's not the encouraging people and not the wins. It's the fears and the difficulty, all that stuff. So if you can stop storing all that negative stuff in your trunk and letting it weigh you down, but put it in your fuel tank and turn it into rocket fuel and head to orbit, you're unstoppable. And that's, so that's the important part of it. Like that's, that's what we really need to be focused on. And that's what you're talking about right there. Yeah, perfect. Um, so let's talk about your podcast, man. How, why did you want to start a podcast? To get known, get out of obscurity, share my story, get other people on to share their stories and help them get known. And uh, it's been a fantastic journey over the last year. Um, you know, I, I, I've had some great guests. I've had opportunity to talk and share my story with, with, and connect with people, which I didn't understand before that you know, I thought my story is just ordinary. I didn't really think that anybody would care about it. Mm. It's kind of embarrassed about being around and growing up with so many broken people. Um, but once I shared it a couple of times and then people are saying, Hey man, that inspired me. I connect with that. And I'm like, really? So once I realized the power of that, I underestimated the power to inspire millions of people. I, I felt, man, I wasted a lot of time. So I had to hurry up and I just got on and I felt like recorded a whole bunch of episodes because I feel like I had to have time, you know, um, uh, time to make up for. And so that's where it started. And what are you made of? I talk to myself a lot. I have voices in my head that talk back and forth, negative voice, positive voice. And so when I go into a situation where things are difficult or I want to take things to the next level and things are going great, I'll ask that question to myself. What are you made of, man? Look at all the stuff you've been through. As a kid, the co- uh, child support, the custody battles, the parents fighting, all the conflicts, all the people. Like well, You've already been through all that, man. This is, this is nothing. The mm. stuff that you're going through now, this is a piece of cake. What are you made of, man? So that, that's where that thing came from. Yeah. Um, and we rolled with it, so... And you're doing something really powerful there. And I think it's intuitive for you. It's about looking back in your past and looking for experiences where you already accomplished something. So everybody's done it, right? Like everyone's problems are big to them, might be small to someone else, but there's no comparison. If you've in your past overcome something that in that moment in the past you thought was impossible, then you've done something. It could be big or small, doesn't matter, but you did it, right? You pushed that ceiling and Whenever something new comes along, you go back to that. You say, I did it before I can do it again. And that's, that's your question. What are you made of? Yeah. I mean, exactly. So like when I accomplish something, I assume that that's my new floor. Mm. I'm not going back. New floor, new standard. Let's go next level, next level, next level. And that's the way we approach things. Like we don't sit back and wait and get complacent. By the way, I have a kryptonite. Like Mm. kryptonite to me, man, complacency, comfortability, if that's a word, being comfortable. I, I get really antsy about that. When I start to see things like that, man, I, I start to get really, it's like a, alarm bells go off. Mm. So I think that no matter what success I ever have in my life until I die and get put in the ground or wherever the heck they put me, I'm going after it. I'm going to see how far I can take this thing and, and bring others with me. Yeah. So yeah, man, I feel you. That, that ties into your message about having big goals too, right? And um, I was watching your Instagram. You, there's a video where you talked about that and you talked about 
if you if you're comfortable at a certain level, then gravity is going to take over. Yeah. So when I talk about rocket fuel, rocket fuel is purposely put in there instead of just fuel because rocket fuel is the only thing that gets you to orbit. I don't know any other fuel to get you to orbit. I'm not a rocket scientist, but I know that regular car fuel, petro, whatever you want to call it, it's not going to get you to orbit. And orbit is where you get away from all of everybody else's problems, the gravity that pulls you down, all that stuff. You get up into orbit, you're controlling your problems that you deal with. Now, Moin, we all have to have problems because we need purpose to live. If we don't have a purpose, we die. So we want problems, but we want to be the ones to pick the problems to choose and, and, and to solve. And that's what orbit allows us to do. Uh, you know, orbit could be a billion dollars. Orbit could be an awesome family, awesome relationships, awesome job, and your things are just rolling and you're getting to choose your problems. It could be a, numerous, a, a number of things. At the end of the day, it's not dealing with conflicts and interests of other people all the time that are just throwing things at you. And that's, that's the message. And by the way, being proactive with understanding about setbacks and letdowns and negativity ahead of time, knowing, okay, I'm going to have a setback sometime. I'm going to have some negative people around me. When it happens, acknowledge it and accept it and be aware of it right away. The faster you do that, the faster you can convert it to fuel. And then you'll blow past other people that are getting set back by all this stuff. So it's an advantage. And uh, that's an important message to understand too, the proactive part of it. Yes. And speaking of Arvid, you're working on a book right now. Yeah, Rocket Fuel. It's coming out at the end of this year. It's going to talk about that. It's going to talk about the stories that I've experienced in my life, the people that I've run into that have used the same concept. They may not even have articulated it that way, the way I've done it or framed it the way I've done it. Uh, but I want to share that with people because you may hear that same thing about adversity and turning fear into fuel and all this stuff. But not a lot of people may not have heard it the way I tell it, mm-hmm. and they may relate to it better. So that's why it's important for me to get this message out in the way I'm telling it. Yeah. And that's, that's a powerful thing about knowing that your story has power because everybody, even myself, and, and you, you mentioned it at a certain point when you were starting the podcast, you thought your story didn't have power, but it does. And it, it comes yeah. from self-belief. And so we're going to wrap up now. It's, gonna, it's been a great conversation, very powerful. But before we do, I want you to give one message from the heart to the audience. What would you say? Well, it's got to be my dominating rule, man. It's just to understand, just get this through your head. Like if you're stubborn like me and hard-headed like me, just please open up for a second and listen. You need to understand that to get anywhere in life, you are going to run into obstacles. You're going to run into to, to setbacks. You're going to run into negative people that try to pull you back. But that's the only thing. That's the only thing that can stop you is if you quit based on those things. So if you can just take those things now, right now, and realize that they're fuel for you, that, that, that's needed to get to where you're going, mm. uh, it'll change your life. And that, that's what I want to leave you with. And by the way, I love Instagram. I, I know we connected on LinkedIn, but Instagram's my place, at Mikey C-Rock, M-I-K-E-Y-C-R-O-C. Uh, if you go, come to there, engage with me, DM me. Man, I love talking to people through Instagram on, on direct messages. Uh, please come on there and, and check it out. And then, by the way, the book launch will be told on there. We're going to go live. We got a, a uh, cover reveal coming out. And I'm just so fired up to get the rocket fuel message to people. Awesome, man. Uh, you answered my follow-up question about where people can find you. I'll, I'll I'm, leave a, a- I'm a pro, man. I've done this so many times. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll leave all your information in the show notes so people can find you easily. And all the best, Thanks, man, for, for the book. Uh, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I appreciate you. And look, if you ever need anything, just reach out to your boy C-Rock. I'll be happy to help you out with anything as well. If you ever want to just run run some more children books, ideas by me, whatever you want to do, man. Appreciate <laughs> you, sure. brother.
For sure, man. Love it. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care, bro. I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in to this edition of the Grow With Moon podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to my show so that you don't miss a future episode. Feel free to leave a rating, a comment. If you want to follow me on social media, my Instagram is the Grow With Moon podcast. Once again, thank you and enjoy the rest of your day.